Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. week four. Uh, welcome to the adventure. We're excited to have you guys back. Um, just fun fact, actually, uh, right before this is oh, gosh. out the mics, uh, I learned that Clint is really good at animal impressions. Uh, I debatable. I won't, debatable. I won't make him do it because we're trying to uh, get and maintain listeners. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to scare but, anyone away. It's uh, only four weeks in. Good. So if you see him in person, I would, I would uh, make him <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, even more importantly, though, it was uh, your birthday. On right? Thursday, yeah. yeah. So you I, are... I am 26 now. I feel significantly older. Uh, I don't have any grandkids, but I kind of hey. have that urge to go and see them, you know? Well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> when you get to a certain age, you just have to go see yeah, your, my your grandkids. Yeah, my going in my back. No, uh, it's good. Uh, I really don't feel that much different than... When I was 25, <laughs> I'm just kind of getting old. Um, so what are we doing? The, what are we doing this weekend to celebrate? Uh, I think we're just gonna get a group of friends together and just have dinner. Keep it simple. Kind of hang out. Um, we might go dancing or something. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, go two stepping. Yeah, I, I learned how to do that since I moved here, and I'm actually pretty half decent. There you go. So. Uh, I kind of alluded to this podcast last week. Yeah, last week. Um, but as as you guys know, a few weeks ago on September 23rd, I guess it's more than a few weeks, but... Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, but, but it's within recent memory. The world is supposed to end again. Um, and we've had a lot, like several calls to the end of time, whether it be the Mayan calendar in 2012... Uh, or, you know, there was a rapture that was supposed to happen, I think, last year or something. Yeah, there's... The rapture was supposed to happen again on September 23rd yeah. this year. Yeah, um, It kind of got me thinking about why we're all so captivated about these apocalyptic events, mm-hmm. movies like Day After Tomorrow, 2012, and Geostorm, which just came out not too long ago. Uh, I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, that's new to me. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that is. A little bit about that, I think. And that's not to mention that post-apocalyptic shows and movies like The Walking Dead or Mad Max, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, where, yeah. where it's like post-apocalyptic, so it already you know the apocalypse is still a thing, and a big backdrop there. Uh, and I venture to say that our fascination is in knowledge deep down that this world is not our end, um, and that this era, so to speak, uh, will end, and there's supposed to be something after it. And I think that post-apocalyptic shows tend to miss the mark because there's a fear of like society collapsing, but. And as Christians, we're looking forward to the parousia, right? To the return of Christ and the resurrection of the dead and all these good things. Yeah, yeah. You only live twice. Resurrection. <laughs> um, <laughs> geez. Uh, I know a lot of 
people point out to like large earthquakes or huge uh, hurricanes, wildfires, dissensions, and war. Um, citing Bible passages such as Matthew 24, 6 through 12, which I will read for you. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of this is the beginning of the sufferings. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many things will fall away, and betray one another, and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. Um, and I think a lot of people see that uh, and point that the end is near, sort of pointing out that a couple passages later in uh, Matthew 24, 33, Christ says that when we see these things, we'll know that the second coming is near. Um, but right after this, like three verses after in Matthew 24, 36, Christ says, But of the day and the hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. Bingo. Uh, right, so like, what are we to make of this, right? Because it kind of seems like Christ is like, hey, like, you'll see these things, and you'll know I'm coming. But then, on the same end, he's like, but no one will know. Well, I think it's important to remember that back in Jesus' time, uh, I'm kind of a big fan of, of the whole Jewish uh, marriage proposal and, like, marriage customs. Yeah, it's, it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool, because um, what you see is, a lot of illusions. So in Jesus' time, when a woman would accept a marriage proposal, uh, the husband would physically go and build a room in his father's house, um, which is reminiscent of John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? Right? Um, and then, uh, and when I go, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, uh, that where I am, you may be also. Um, so I think it's, you know, we see that, and like Jewish customs were very sort of stringent, and you had to say things, right? But this whole yeah. saying, like, I will now go and prepare a place in my father's house for you, that was, that was verbatim sort of what they would say. Um, and so... What's important to remember is the bridegroom didn't get to decide when the room was complete. Um, and when he would go and get the bride, that was the father's decision. Uh, if he would decide that the room was, was fitting for the new family. Uh, so when Jesus says, uh, But of the day and the hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the son, but the father alone, he's sort of con like conjuring up this marriage imagery. Uh, and so we should be made aware that heaven is often described as a wedding banquet, between who? Between Christ and his bride, the church, right. right? For us. So in this way, Christ is pointing out that the end is not to be scary. It's not supposed to be this, like, scary, like, you know, post-apocalyptic world. Um, but it's ultimately calling to the fact that we will enter into unity with his bride, the church. And it's core, the apocalypse and the second coming is an act of love and unity. Yeah, I, I really love, like, that that sentence would you say is at its core the apocalypse and the second coming is an act of lo love and unity yeah yeah that's i think that's really beautiful actually and i was kind of i guess just thinking about it here uh 
like, what does that, what does that mean for us? Yeah. You know, I, I think that should actually change our mindset a little bit. Um, and, and just really quick for the, uh, for the listeners that like aren't understanding like, why the apocalypse would be a good thing. Um, it's cause it's sort of a love act of love and unity because we're the sinful world in which we live is what's passing away. Like, it's, not, yeah. it's not our lives. And like, it's, it's the fact like the world affected by sin is what's passing away. Right. And, us. and instead we're entering into this marriage, yeah. this union, yeah. Yeah. which is something that's really beautiful. Um, but I think, so I was kind of thinking about that. Typically nowadays we have this idea that the apocalypse is this terrifying time where the Antichrist will essentially prevail over the church and cause suffering and pain until Jesus comes and saves us and fixes everything, right? Um, and, and I was kind of thinking about that, and it reminds me a little bit of when I was little. I used to watch uh, the History Channel a lot, all the time, actually, back when there was actually history on the History Channel. And I was always afraid the world was going to end because of Yeah, the History Channel. <laughs> yeah. uh, and now it's all about uh, ancient aliens, right? Yeah. Whatever the problem is, it's always aliens. Aliens yeah. are coming pawning off things yeah like that. yeah the, there's a show american pickers i think that yeah, that, that actually yeah. takes place like pretty close to where i grew up in iowa really? so fun fact okay. yeah but that's neither here nor there that's actually really random so <laughs> getting, getting back to the point right. uh so i used to watch the history channel uh and like i said there was always like these apocalypse shows um and they usually involve people talking about the four horsemen, right? So I actually really loved when they talked about it, but uh, so they are uh, death, famine, war, and conquest. Not in that order, I don't think, though. Uh, so these are the four horsemen that are uh, mentioned in, I think, Revelation 6. Um, people usually use this to show that, like, the wars and the death and the division of modern times are proof that the end is, is like, coming, it's almost here. Um, but there's always been war and death and conquest ever since the fall, essentially. Uh, so I think it's important to understand the, the meaning of like the origin of the word apocalypse itself. So like it comes from the Greek, uh, two words, apo, which is, um, un, and then calypsis, which is cover. So to uncover, to, to reveal, right? So apocalypse literally means uncover, reveal something, Right. Uh, only in relatively recent history do we kind of get that uh, that really negative, despairing connotation that keeps coming up and up over and over again. Um, but actually, a lot of historians think that the the first horse, the the conqueror that comes through, was a reference to a Roman emperor, not a, a certain uh, death figure, right? So uh, the the emperor Nero, who was actually openly persecuted Christians quite a bit. Um, and we see this even more in Revelation in reference to the beast in Revelation 13. In, uh, in verse 18, I think it is, it even talks about the, the number of the beast, 666. So we always hear like the devil's number is 666, right? Numerology for Nero, right? Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what I was getting at there. Yeah. So actually, if you take his name, if you take um, uh, Nero's name and you write it in... Uh, like the Roman numerals, uh, it's actually uh, the letter N R W N Q S R or something like that, you know. Uh, so Nero Caesar, okay. So you put those together, and then because Roman numerals are just letters, 
when you replace the numeric value of those letters, it actually adds up to 666. Yeah. Uh, so, and then like the other thing is uh, the s- same part of the uh, revelation talks about like the mark of the beast and the Greek word used for mark was actually shiragma, which can also be translated as the engraving or branding, which could also mean like the coins that he made of his face, you know? So uh, there's different things that kind of point to it being, um, Nero, including like the seven heads of the beast, which represent possibly the seven hills of Rome, the very city that his empire was was kind of founded on there. And it, if that's the case, then the first horseman is the conqueror, Nero, followed by the second horse, which is war. The third horse is famine and the fourth horse is death. So it makes sense that a brutal emperor who waged several wars would lead to famine and death including his eventually his own his own death, which kind of ended his family's dynasty of the Roman Empire. And then at the end of his reign, since his his kind of uh, family's line had ended, there is a like a fight over who was going to be the emperor next. So there's actually a civil war called uh, the year of four emperors, which included uh, more war, obviously included more famine and obviously a lot of death uh, in that division. Right. So I think it makes sense, and there seems to be a lot of evidence that this revelation that John was primarily focused on the near future for him, since it repeatedly says that in the events it would happen soon, right? And we hear that in the Bible all the time that it was going to happen soon, which means the events are probably like first or second century at the latest. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that there's still like isn't a lesson to learn from that today. We still have leaders focused on war and division, which result in, in death. And there's still persecution of Christians. Right, absolutely. And, and, yeah. And we still have that famine. Um, but like this, when, whenever I hear the word apocalypse, my first thought is uh, the movie Apocalypto, mm-hmm. uh, which... Yeah, you never seen it. Uh, it's it's really good. A uh, little bit of a spoiler, or not spoiler, but caution. It's definitely a... Uh, an adult movie, so don't go watching that with your your kids. Um, but it's it's a Mel Gibson movie, so it's really it's a raw movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he really gives a, a lot to it, and there's a lot of really good symbolism and good stuff in there. But it's it's a movie about the Mayans, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, the Mayans like they they capture some of the people from the outlying tribes in the area, and they use them as slaves and different sacrifices to their god. And then as the prisoners are being brought to the Mayan city, uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert here. Um, there's this little girl who's like diseased and sick and she comes up to the prisoners and, uh, she starts speaking to the people guarding the Mayans, guarding the prisoners. Right. And she has a prophecy and she says, this is like the translation, but she speaks in whatever language. Uh, I don't know, but she says the, the sacred time is near. Beware the blackness of day. Beware the man who brings the jaguar. Behold him reborn from mud and earth. For the one who takes you will cancel the sky and scratch out the earth. Scratch you out and end your world. He's with us now. Day will be like night and the man jaguar will lead you to your end. Mm-hmm. So I think like this is there's a lot of really deep stuff in that. But the prophecy kind of warns the soldiers, the Mayan soldiers that their warmongering has led them to actually capturing 
the man, uh, so the main character's name is actually Jaguar Paw. So when she says Jaguar Man, it's supposed to be like a, a reference to the people watching the movie um, that he would kind of help lead to their downfall. Uh, so I won't give away much more than that at the ending. But uh, it's also some foreshadowing of, at the time, like historically we know that the Spaniards were on their way to the area, you know? So, um, and they were seeking their own conquest, which leads to war and famine for the, those people. And it killed a lot of the the Mayans at the time, right? So I, I think there's kind of a theme going through there. But like I said before, uh, just because this happens in the past and the primary focus of, of Revelation was was uh, first, second century, we still have these same key points happening over and over again. Right. Um, and so I want to uh, take us back all the way to Genesis for just a moment. Um, if you think, think back pre-fall, we are walking in love and unity with God in the garden, right? And to a certain like, extent, like that's what we're made for, right? We often... Um, have these desires that can't seem to be filled. It's because ultimately we're living in a world that's fallen, but we were created for a world that wasn't, right? Like we have original sin, um, but but we're originally called to be in that state of grace that's, you know, the original justice is what we call it. Right. Um, in, in a certain sense, all of salvation history can kind of be seen as God trying to return us to that state um, before sin entered the world. Um, and of course, we all know the story of the fall and original sin, or if you don't, like I would suggest maybe you go and read that. Yeah, check, um, out, check out Genesis. Yeah, uh, but I want to point out that death and suffering entered into the world through that original sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a sense, now we see these wars and natural disasters uh, as an effect of sin. And so when I go back to these signs right at the end, when I see these earthquakes and I see you know, all these wars and this dissension within our nation and with between nations. Um, and I see like these massive category four hurricanes that keep smacking us right in the face here in the Gulf. I don't necessarily just see them as, you know, signs of the end, um, but I see them as reminders of the fact that, that sin very much still exists in our world. And, yeah. And it makes me sort of turn inward into my own sin. Right, and my own need for Christ, and my own need for His mercy, and my own need for His second coming, so to speak, in my life as it is now. Yeah. And, and to enter into that mercy. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so I urge you guys. Uh, I guess I, in my my only two podcasts that I've sort of led, I've always sort of done the challenge. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the challenge, though. That's yeah. good. Uh, so I guess I would urge you guys to not become fearful of the end, um, knowing that ultimately it's a return to union with God, as we mentioned. Um, and there will be turmoil, there will be tribulation, you know, the path of a Christian is not always easy, um, or often easy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, our church is built on the blood of martyrs. But I would urge you guys not to become fearful, and instead of seeking the day and the hour of which we'll never know, I encourage you guys that we seek to allow Christ to come in live with us, uh, that we seek union with him in the Eucharist, right, where we, where we become one flesh with him, going back to that whole marriage narrative from earlier um and i want you guys to remember that passages like matthew 24 right where we're seeing all of this you know illusions is immediately followed by matthew 25 and i don't think that christ does that by accident right in matthew 25 where we're taught to feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty and clothe the naked and etc um so when we see wars disease natural disasters and sufferings 
I think we should look within. Um, remember our need for mercy, right? That, that ultimately should lead us to repent and seek reconciliation. But then we need to bring that mercy to others. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I, I think I think that's beautiful that, uh, that Matthew 24 leading into Matthew 25, how um, mercy is like where where love meets suffering. I think I heard that somewhere. I don't know who said it. Uh, I, I should have known that. Misericordia. Yeah, yeah. Mercy heart. Or, I mean, misery heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's literally when we we see this suffering and then, then Christ immediately calls us to love after that, right? So it's this passage right here is literally where suffering meets love and where they encounter and and how mercy is brought forth from that so i think that's a really cool point point. and i think that there's something to be said um that instead of just sort of passively waiting passively waiting for christ to come to us right yeah um that we are able to through these acts of mercy right through the corporal and spiritual works of mercy we're able to bring christ to others mm-hmm. um and so instead of just passively waiting we're able to do that and we should really view these things as signs to keep and spread the faith, keeping in mind Luke chapter 18, verse 8, when Christ asks, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Recognizing um, this is our call as we wait and hope for his second coming, um, that we remain vigilant and steadfast in our love and in our faith. And so I guess when I see these apocalyptic things, like that urges me to sort of remember that, that of course, Christ is coming again because sin still is here and like we still need him. Yeah. I like that. I love the the positive spin on that, the 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 merciful love that results from the suffering, right? So yeah. almost seeing uh suffering uh recognizing that yeah, it is it is awful, you know, it's not fun obviously, but because of suffering, we also have the ability to love in new ways and to show mercy in new ways and recognizing the beauty of that. Um, so rather than uh, necessarily despairing in it, you know, uh, but recognizing that this is an opportunity, you know, yeah. uh, this is an opportunity for me to love someone where they need to be loved. And, and you know, I think it's important to remember that God doesn't will suffering. You know, we always ask right. ourselves, yeah. does God allow this? Yeah. God doesn't will suffering. Um, he wills for us to, to be with him. Right. Um, but we live in a fallen world. You know, God doesn't will our suffering, but but he certainly, as we mentioned a couple, I think last week with the hurricane, like, he uses that and he's able to redeem it. Right? Yeah. So. Yes, that's really good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so we want to thank you all again for uh, tuning in one more time for... Uh, the Christ in culture. Uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this. I hope you guys are enjoying the content. Uh, we really appreciate feedback, anything that you guys have for us. Like I said, um, we are on Facebook. We have uh, the email if you want to reach out to us. If you have a topic that you want us to talk about uh, and you think would be really cool, or if you want to even challenge us, uh, since Steve's been giving some really good challenges for you guys, if you want to challenge us with... Um, a book or a movie or a song that you think Christ is not in, uh, lay it on us. Give it a, give it a shot. We'll see what we can find. Uh, obviously, we're not perfect, and if we haven't seen it, we're going to take some time to take a look at it and, and see what we can find. Um, but we'll, we'll do our best to try and uh, meet you guys at the challenges that you give us. So please, please, please give us feedback. We appreciate it. Um, 
and I don't think we gave any shout outs during this episode compared to which is, last week, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, so I, I guess we can give some uh, some shout outs here. So we can give shout outs to all of our listeners uh, because uh, we are just getting started. Uh, we are very amateur. So we appreciate all of you guys kind of bearing through uh, kind of the the first couple of weeks of riding the struggle bus here. Um, hopefully, hopefully you're enjoying the content. Uh, we're still learning the ropes of editing and, and placement of certain things, but, uh, we're really glad that you guys are bearing with us and we hope you enjoy it. And, and please let other people know, uh, we're, we're trying to uh, grow this and we appreciate all you guys' help. You are a huge support. Uh, so we'll give a shout out to you guys this week. Hey, you got any other shout outs? I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for this. Um, you know, obviously, without your support, we're just guys talking to ourselves. So, Which is still pretty fun. You know, it's still pretty <laughs> fun. But we hope you guys are getting something out of this as well. Um, and so please feel free to, uh, to email us because um, if there's something you really would like us to cover, like we really want to cover that. All right. So thank you all, uh, and hopefully you'll tune in next week. We have some guest speakers coming up here in a couple of weeks, so uh, make sure you tune in, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Thanks for joining on the adventure this week. You all have a good one.